electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures up uh, nearly 100 as we inch closer to all-time highs. Dow needs less than 180 to get there. Retail sales for August pretty solid. Europe is green. Bond sell-off continues as the 10-year yield hits 183, and Michigan sentiment is on the way. Our roadmap this morning begins with records within reach. The Dow eyeing, eyeing eight straight days of gains on growing optimism around U.S.-China trade. Plus, we worked rocky road to an initial public offering. We'll bring you the latest developments. And the Democratic face-off. Warren, Biden, Sanders dominating the debate stage. Just what their plans could mean for your portfolio. Stocks are chasing history this morning. The Dow and the S&P each within 1% of hitting record intraday highs. The blue chips in the midst of a seven-day win streak for the first time since May of last year. You have signs of a healthy consumer. Government data shows retail sales up four-tenths in August. Double expectations. Core, Jim, was unchanged, looking for one-tenth. But uh, July, even after that upside surprise, revised higher. They are. Is this ever putting the pressure on Bone? I mean, on uh, Jay? I think that Jay Powell is uniquely faced with a difficult decision. You posted some stuff the other day about, hold on, you raise rates and the economy's not really being hurt. So why should we just want to cut them? I have continued to say that he raised rates too much, and I want, I want to go for the full-on 3% unemployment, get those people who have, David's always talked about, who are not part of the workforce, in the workforce. But frankly, I... This is going to make it very hard for Jay Powell not to be more of a bonehead than uh, the president signals. I mean, you got uh, CPIs had a two-handle for 18 months, no. highest now in a decade. Right. I mean, we're waiting for core PCE to sort of ratify. That's the thing people are saying. Yes. As long as core PCE remains more tepid, maybe he's got uh, a box well, in which he can fit a, a rate cut. Retail sales were strong. Now, what he has to do, I think he's, the situation he has to do is say, all right, um, if this trade, he can keep using the trade war. He can keep blaming it on Trump. That's the best thing. If this trade war continues to heat up, if things, the friction gets bad, this is going to We got to be, we got to cut um, because of what the president's doing. That would be, uh, and I, that's what I would advise him if he were, if he were here right now. Let's say he were a guest right now. Remember, we used to have John Ledger there. Who were some other guys? Well, we've had many. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's say Jay was Spencer, say, Spencer Raskoff. Let's, wow. <laughs> Whatever. Gee, Spencer, Spotify guy Spencer moved on. Daniel Spotify, Powell. he moved. He, yeah, he's yeah. still here. That yeah, stock's been right. a tough one. That has. But I would say, hey, Jay, look, they're giving you a chance to lower because the trade war is not let up. And by the way, I don't think that we're really that close to any sort of really? deal. Because no. Eurasia Group this morning says uh, U.S. China headed toward a mini deal. Mini deal. Well, then there was that report yesterday of the interim deal, which was yeah. quickly swatted down. Yeah, well, I don't think there's. I don't think there is a deal, and I think that that is an opportunity for Jay to blame the president. Well, not blame the president directly, and say, "Hey, listen, we have to do this preemptively," because oh my, this is just. I, I w- it's probably gut wrenching 
So he's watching the show right now, and he's thinking, do I really take the president on? Do I say that? I want to remain independent. Uh, he called me a bonehead. I really, uh, I, I, don't, I, you know, I don't think he's used to being called a bonehead. Do you think even in, like, third grade he was called a bonehead? I have no idea. I, I do wonder sometimes whether he's like, why did I take this job? Oh, you wonder sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes at night when I wake up, I think, geez, he's he, wondering why in, he took the job. In Switzerland, a couple weeks ago, he said no regrets. No, no regrets. I don't think he actually would come out and say, I love being called a bonehead. I don't it's, care. It's, it's, to your point, it's a very difficult position. Very difficult. Forgetting even the, the constant pressure from, um, from the president. president. It would be difficult anyway. No, it's really tough. The other guy, you know, Draghi yesterday when he wants to take rates, uh, China syndrome. He wants to take yeah. them all the way down. Uh, meantime, nothing happens because China, they, are, they just want to sell BMWs and Volkswagens to China. Well, most of their exports are to China. China is the, the world's trading partner. We let that happen, right? Uh, and uh, then last night, we have a debate. And the debate, it, it, people are bashing China. Nobody likes China. Nobody likes China. Nobody likes China. Nobody. China syndrome was not a bad thing. China is the China syndrome. Yeah. Who's that? Jack, Jack Lemmon. Lemmon. So it's Michael Douglas. Basic, no. yeah. Was she in that too? yeah, I think Lemon might have been in that too. Jack Lemmon was so great, so underrated. Best of 57, um, I think. Well, if he if they do get 25 basis points next week, we're going to record highs. Yes. Or maybe maybe bingo. Period. Right. I mean, I just hope we come in a little bit. Like there's a guy from who uh, Goldman who hates Apple. Ron and he Hall. doubled down on his hatred. That's he did right. trim his price target. Yeah, he doubled double down. <laughs> um, he's talking about uh, an account an accounting issue that doesn't really affect the company. But I'm taking my price tag. Did you see where his price target is? No, I didn't, Jim. I, I don't even know if it's in the hundreds. Go, go, Rod Hall goes from 187 to 165. 165. Well, geez, that's great. Where's the, where's the stock at? 187? No, look at it. It's at 220. I mean, does it, this guy disqualifies himself. He's been skeptical for a long time. Yeah. We had him on yesterday or the yeah, day before. Yeah, even Wolf would say he's skeptical. Yeah. He's skeptical. Uh, I, I just find that it was unnewsworthy. Uh, I checked in with Apple, uh, the kind of. Uh, are you kidding me? They're not. You're kidding me, mode. And I know that David is very, very skeptical of Apple TV. This is about <laughs> how to account for Apple TV. Now, Disney gets big credit. Bob Iger with that check shirt, he gets big credit. He they don't talk about how much money he has to spend. They love it. The stock went up 35 points. Yes, I. I they're so different. What? Well, I mean, the amount of Apple programming could f- that they're going to have on the service could fit into one little tiny part of Disney Plus. David, they could buy they could buy uh, Disney with CBS. cash. They could buy Viacom and CBS. They could. Yeah. They could. And then no they have all the program they want. Absolutely true. Right. Without a they doubt, they get the Apple SEC. They, they get the NFL. Shown, they have not shown an interest in doing that. Certainly not at the Tim Cook level. I mean, I can remember when I was hearing that they were interested in, in Time Warner. There were, in fact, Bukas went to a dinner with Tim Cook. He did? Thinking, years ago, thinking that Cook was going to come to the table and they were going to actually talk about him buying Warner. No He's interest. A great American Bukas. It wasn't, uh, it's that, uh, Ed, uh, what's the, you know, that, uh, Ed, uh, <laughs> that other guy. That's very, def- that's Sorry, very Ed Apple. Um, Ed Apple. That's like, isn't that what oh, president? Didn't the, the president call? Is that, is that Tim Apple's media, brother? You know, ran, um, not Johnny. I, I, whatever. We'll get to his name. That's, anyway, he thought Google, that they might Google. actually have interest. But no, there's never been interest amongst your, by your friend Tim Cook in buying a big media. Well, your company. friend Rod Hall? Rod Hall? His name. Wasn't he like a, wasn't he a hockey player? Um, I got to tell you, he's your guy. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it because he agrees with you. You don't have to worry. 
By the way, it has nothing to do with that. He's you're killing thinking, Apple stock. Way, you're thinking stock. of Eddie Q. Thank you, yeah. Eddie. Oh, that's who you were trying Eddie to get. Yes, Eddie Q. Head of, uh, he might have actually had something that wasn't going that hard on to figure out. years ago. Um, and then brought Bucus and Cook together. and what do you Didn't think? even what mention it. Didn't even mention it. What do you think of Bucus? Great American. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Uh, so is Adam Newman. No, even though he's not American. Oh, my God. Um, let's talk a bit about the IPO market, guys, because you know what? Yesterday, that fail on uh, Smile Direct was, was fairly significant, not just Whoa. for uh, investors who'd bought into the IPO there and watched it decline markedly. Remember, this is a, a growth company, uh, Smile Direct. Not a lot of rounds of outside capital were raised. They had sort of three large investors. Um, so you didn't have anybody out there hedging it and, and creating sort of a short in the name the way we saw with Lyft that occurred and has happened in some other names. And yet it still went down. It was priced not that much above, above, above the public comps. Still collapsed uh, in its public debut. Why? Maybe in part because growth managers, as we've been discussing, this sort of underlying movement we've been seeing in the market of late into value away from growth and momentum stocks. Maybe the growth managers said they'd be there for a lot of allocation, but really weren't or afraid to, don't have the capacity to. So this has set a tone in the IPO market to which, of course, the Wii company is going to come. As I've been reporting, they are full speed ahead. They're expecting to uh, begin the roadshow early next week. We got some important governance changes from the company overnight. We now know as well that the Wii company is going to be listing on the NASDAQ. Uh, Those governance changes uh, they're going to appoint a lead independent director by the end of the year. Their high vote stock will decrease from 20 votes to 10 votes per share. The voting power of their high vote stock will sunset automatically and decrease to one vote per share in the event that Adam Newman becomes personally incapacitated. Um, they'll maintain a board consisting of a majority of independent directors. They went on and on. Take a look, pages 13 to 14 in the, uh, in the amended S-1 that was filed last night, uh, if you're interested. But all of this, of course, designed to deal with concerns amongst the investor base. That said, from what I hear, guys, it's still going to be very interesting to see where, uh, when this thing gets priced, where there really is demand. You know, initially we thought perhaps as low as 20, then 18. Now I'm hearing 15 or below. It's Priceline. This thing could come. It's Priceline. And by the way, they still would at 10 to 12 billion. But that's going to be so interesting if, in fact, they get down to a level like that. When you consider that SoftBank has invested 10 and a half billion dollars in this company. And it conceivably could have a market value that's not that much above it once it goes public. But remember, they need to raise $3 billion in some fashion in equity, either in the public markets or if Masa wants to write them a check again, because they have a $6 billion loan that depends on that. Not to mention, of course, all of the interrelated uh, relationships. I mean, UBS, uh, J.P. Morgan, and Credit Suisse have uh, all underwriters here, of course, have provided a line of credit up to half a billion dollars to Mr. Newman. $380 $380 million of that uh, was outstanding as of the end of July. Uh, he's also borrowed another $97.5 million from J.P. Morgan Bank for, you know, things like mortgages um, and, and the like. Um, and J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs have put a lot of their clients, their high net worth clients, in earlier rounds in this thing. So there's so much going around on the WeWork IPO uh, that's fascinating. It will be so interesting to see where they finally come. But they still remain determined despite what was a terrible performance yesterday for Smile Direct, which also may have impact on Peloton and others I'm, that are I'm looking to come I'm glad you linked public. it to that, because Smile Direct was one of the worst deals in a decade, maybe the worst in a decade, because the pricing was completely wrong. There was no demand. How much money is out there for these deals? Uh, if we work, like we've seen... It's the I mean, last we, time I go in here and but, 13 times oversubscribed, and it's going to be, forget that forget conversation. That. Yeah, it doesn't ever mean anything. What about pricing above the range? Yeah. Does that yeah. mean anything anymore? I, no, I, 
I was aghast. I mean, I said yesterday I didn't like Smile Direct. And, uh, it, I didn't understand the pricing because I follow a line, Invisalign. It's just not doing that well. This is a competitor. Everything that's I think now it's priced dental. below Invisalign and maybe priced right around Invisalign, but which is the public comp. Invisalign stock has been terrible. There's a right. lot of competition coming around. 3M's trying to get in that. Uh, David, I've got to tell you, everything I hear about, about WeWork is unless this deal is priced through the floor, it is going to hurt the stock market. Well, you know what? Some are also saying, though, it's a good reflection on the stock market that there's been such resistance to a company with the governance they once well, had, true. although they are changing it. That's true. Uh, and, and to the vote and to all the different things that have been a part right, of it. Right, versus, say, a snap. And now we're getting doing. down to we're, uh, people talking to me about, well, maybe 10 to $12 billion. Well, that's unbelievable. Which so people have to take losses. People periodically, a Goldman high net worth person has to take a loss. Right. And by the way, I think they will come, even if it's that number, and they'll be happy to get public, and then they'll hopefully feel like they priced it correctly, and Mr. Newman will be able to. Well, let me um, ask you, David. Tell his story. But do you, I, I've always felt that the one thing that never happens is the syndicate desk say, "Hey, this could be bad for all a lot of stocks." I mean, we gotta. We got to price this right. What they do is they try to try to please Newman. I think at this point, if they get that thing public, they'll be pleased, right? They need to raise the three to get the six. Have they need this? the cash. When was the last time you had one of these? That's this bid. That is so desperate for the cash. I don't know. I don't know. I, I struggle to recall. Or it ends up being a game of chicken with Massa, who's you know, well, all right, we need three billion. You're going to write us another check, or we're going. Right. It's a rebel without a cause situation. That's an IPO without a cause. The market doesn't want it. Just the market is saying, I don't want that deal. Yeah. Uh, From the S1 on, it's been nothing but drama in the last several weeks. Uh, We'll pay attention to that story. By the way, be sure to check out our podcast. You can now listen to us, the opening bell hour of Squawk on the Street at CNBC.com backslash podcasts or wherever you catch podcasts. When we come back, Kramer's Mad Dash will count down to the opening bell. Plenty to watch today as we're going for eight straight up on the Dow for the first time in more than a year. Back in a moment. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get to a mad dash this morning. Uh, focus on Broadcom, of course. Company reported earnings after the bell. Right. Um, not particularly sanguine on the macro economy, exactly. but right. at the same time, sort of saying things about him in the chain. Exactly, and that's Hoktan, who is regarded as being 
a very smart guy when it comes to the cycle. And you have to parse his words. And what he was saying versus, say, the last time I heard is that, look, we are closer to a bottom, if not at the bottom. Now, this stock, by the way, has had a good run. And we also know, David, they've been moving into diversifying. They bought CA, right? People didn't like it. 200 on the CA deal. Yes, and now it came back. Somebody I know said buy. I said buy because I I believe in Hawk 10. I think that they're going to turn around Symantec. Now, a lot of the guys who are in the crowd strike of end of the world, a Z-scaler, they say, listen, they can do whatever they want with Symantec. They're a hardware company. They don't know what to do. I think he can cut costs. You know how he does that. But I like the call to buy. I like the call to buy because if we are really bottoming and Hoctan doesn't do this idly, this is a very inexpensive stock that generates a huge amount of cash flow. It's a very short conference call. People want to take a listen. They should. Apple is a very important customer still. It's huge, and they never mention it because those are the rules. It's like Fight Club. You know Apple and Fight Club, but very much. And by the way, Tim Cook understands entertainment. Apple Fight Club. Uh, And I look at that, David. We just did a, 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 you know, it's, it's not a head and shoulders. It isn't? No. Okay. I have Procter & Gamble next week, speaking of head and shoulders. Oh, well done. Yes. All right, at Delivering Alpha. At Delivering Alpha. Yes, David with, Taylor, with, yes. Nelson Peltz. Yes, and there are Great a lot to talk about. This. Boy, they turned that company around. But I just think that this is one, you just take the time out, understand that after a few, let's say maybe even hours, this could this could turn around. Okay. All right. Hoctan is so good. They buy a lot of companies. CA. Cut a lot of costs. He is a humble man. Yes. I really would love him to come back on. He I has, would, too. He has not come back on since that appearance. No, this well, is since, the fight, since the fight for uh, Qualcomm. Yeah, he's a good man. Yeah. All right, we'll keep an eye, of course, on Cheers of Broadcom. Another, by the way, another company jumping into the public markets as well today, Cloudfare. We're going to bring you the first trade. We'll also talk with the co-founders of that company. Here's another look at futures, of course. Uh, we get started with trading. Last trading day of the week, because it's Friday, 10 minutes from now. You can see we are looking for a slightly higher up. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. After retail sales come in strong, we are once again on all-time high watch. Dow needs about 177 points for an all-time closing high, and futures are green. We're back in a minute. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in five minutes. A lot of orange vests today. 
as Cloudflare comes to market here at the NYSE. We just had a big discussion, uh, Jim and David, about new issues, and is the pressure on for some of these that are just now getting here? I, I'm not sure where this will go, but I mean, this is again against Akamai. Akamai is a good company. These guys are uh, not a commodity. I think this is an interesting, uh, interesting company uh, that a lot of tech guys will like. Uh, very different from Smile Direct, which was turned out to be a company that people were. Uh, uh, they were hyped on something that is really a very, a very competitive area. This is a lot of people. This is a fractured share market. It's not traditional cybersecurity and like that, where there's where suddenly we got Symantec going against uh, CrowdStrike, uh, which is going against VMware. So I mean, maybe this one works, and we forget about what happened yesterday. You think it might have been a one-off yesterday? Uh, well, not if they bring, uh, not if they bring Newman. What about Peloton? That can't be easy. Either. That's another one that I think is going to be very difficult. By the way, there's a lot of outside rounds, so you get this whole well, worry they, about others who are right, and the they're going to claim that they're a SaaS company. I mean, you know, I mean, everyone's sassy, right? I, you know, the only real sassy guy is Jassy, Amazon Web Service. Yes, he's he now there's sure. a guy that's a hitter. Yeah. Uh, last night, if you missed it, the third Democratic debate, uh, also in focus today. Ten candidates squaring off in the race for the White House. Health care was one of the dominant topics last night. Senator Warren, in a push for universal health care, took aim at insurance companies. Take a listen. Insurance companies last year sucked $23 billion in profits out of the system. How did they make that money? Every one of those $23 billion was made by an insurance company saying no to your health care company. All right, so we've talked a lot about Warren this week, Jim. Yeah. One of the reasons I like United Health and CVS is they've sucked $23 billion. <laughs> hey, look, once again, she's got seems, the numbers right. The number seems low to me. Well, actually, yeah, UNH is doing better. I mean, if you add up UNH, UNH, Centene, maybe, she didn't, maybe she didn't use Centene. Yeah. I mean, when I add them up, I mean, you, you know, the managed care companies, you have you have Aetna, you've got Cigna, Aetna, of course, owned by CVS. You have United Health, you got the Centene, you got Anthem. I don't know if she counted all of them. Uh, I would like to correct her that I think they sucked even more out of the system. I actually think they're not nearly as bad as she does. I mean, she's not as complimentary about corporate America as I am. Uh, but it is very true that she, I felt, met her match on this with President Obama. Oh, sorry, with Vice President Biden, who is very uh, articulate about oh, about Obamacare. And just if the Republicans were willing to work, get a little tinkering, then you could work Centino Medicaid. You could get some areas where there's incentives to be able to write where there aren't right now. And I thought that I thought that Vice President Biden was very compelling on the idea that we don't need we need better health insurance, not one, not single pair. So watch the, watch the health insurance companies go up because of how well Biden did last yeah. night. Uh, I think it's mean meaningful. Google had some data overnight. Uh, the number one Googled issue during the debate. Healthcare, right? Um, over guns, over trade, over trillion-dollar deficits. Now it well, was healthcare number one. Remember, Speaker Pelosi would like to not make this the centerpiece, and Speaker Pelosi behind the scenes is as powerful as ever. So I really think that people have to accept the fact that these candidates may want to bring it up, but the House doesn't. If they can avoid it. Healthcare? Yeah. They don't want to deal with. They it. want to tinker with Obamacare. Right. 
as opposed, you mean, to have the debate about Yes, yeah, scrap everything. They know how hard it is, and they know the Republicans in the Senate will never go for it. So why not just go incrementally to try to fix it? What that would involve. You're going to close down the health insurers? So UNH goes from $217 billion to what? To Zero. nothing? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Their business just goes away. Well, I mean, it's kind of a WeWork situation. Maybe you give them 10 years? Well, wind down? United Health is built. Look, if we had United Health right here, what they were telling you is how much they saved the system, as would uh, uh, the fine Merlot at CBS. So I don't take it. Look, it's absolutely true. Biden's right. That, that the consensus in Congress is to try to fix Obamacare, not shut it down. And I think that we need to hear from Speaker Pelosi, who would then confirm, I believe, Biden and not Senator Warren. to the co-founders later this morning on Squawk Alley at the NASDAQ 10X Genomics, that life science company that had its IPO yesterday. Cloudflare's doing, doing quite well. Uh, 10% of the Fortune 1000 use them. I just said it's a fractured market. They've got very good revenue growth. And I really, you know, talking about increase of 59% and 43% respectively, it's a real company that could change the um, narrative of what Smile directed. And if we work, I will tell you, if there's a price that we, look, there's always a price for all merchandise. We know that. Of course there is. And it's an incredibly high growth company. Right. So if they price it at a level where they have actual demand, then this whole issue is going to go away and we'll be back talking about Bonehead. What do you make of some of the reports that old line legacy real estate companies are saying, hey, we can do this too. It's not too late for us. They can. Absolutely. And I've seen it be done in a competitive way when I've looked. And, uh, but, the, but you what? know what? Uh, what? WeWork's clientele is largely S&P 100. I mean, they're looking to be the international provider so that wherever you go around the right. globe, they're going to be able to service your needs. David, and there aren't that many real estate companies that can do that. Look, David, um, before we found out all these different issues about governance, I was excited about it because it's a great concept. It was the governance stuff that freaked and, well, everybody out. But they are addressing the governance. Well, to about time. To, them, to be fair to them, they are addressing no, it. No, and that's why the more um, they address it, the more likely this deal comes. And I'm pushing them to continue to address it. And, you know, continue they are to tell it. you, listen, we're focused on that top 100, and we can basically take care of this in the same way that Amazon takes care of your cloud service. Now, we are going to take care of all of your needs around the globe for your employees. We're going to make it a lot more efficient for you. Well, we're going to save you money as a result. Um... That's the but that's part com- of the There mob. is competition. That's part of the model. And there are going to be uh, real estate well, owners and developers who do the same thing right. in some of their space. But can they really offer, you know, uh, an IBM or any you name any big company that has offices around right. the world that same? Well, without a, if no recession, they'd be good. It was the governance that I, I, right. I'm worried about. Uh, we fixed the governance. We they fixed the governance. But I'll, I'll change my mind at a certain price. I'll start well, fixing the governance. I mean. From what I understand, he'll still be able to vote out yes. and rehire directors who would be friendly to him. Right? That's yes. got to go. Yeah. It's not a that's complete go. No, no, no. He's, he's got to change control. that. He's still going to have control. No, it's got to change. Um, but they will be doing certain things. He's not going to be selling as much of stock as well. Remember, no more than 10% of his shareholdings. Good. And he's been selling all the time. Has he been, David? Offering. By the way, we, you know, we always mention this $47 billion number to be fair yeah. as well to them. Uh, that was a... 
you know, SoftBank did uh, that deal to acquire was another what four or so billion dollars worth of stock at that very high valuation. But that was almost a consolation prize because remember, Moss right. and SoftBank wanted to actually uh, take a controlling stake. They were unable to do that, and sort of they sort of had to come back. It's kind of almost a breakup fee provision kind of thing. That well, then you're buying in at this level. So that's not where anybody had this thing marked. You, if you talk to people who who own the stock, right. they had it marked more like 25, 30 billion. Obviously, at 12 hey, or 15, so, even it's still going to be well below. I mean, we're not used to people losing money on deals because no. that's not the way it works. But it's working that way. Um, by the way, talking about companies that are private, Jewel also coming down sharply. In I value think that that valuation. We all sit there and think, well, hold it. The arbiter, Altria, paid X. Well, the arbiter is in the fight for its own life, an existential crisis. Been, and now, there it is. I've been talking to people in the secondary market. By the way, this is not the public market. This is a private market. Things don't trade in any way. So you, you're, you've got a wide value discrepancy. But, guys, uh, Philip Morris bought into around two, $250 a share, so to speak. The stock traded as high as 300 this summer on the secondary market. And now it's around 225, 230. Sold to you. So, and Sold and to the man to the left of me. 283 weeks ago. So as you might expect, given everything going on, Jules' value is down in the secondary market. They could make that a prescription drug. It could be Chantal. the $35 billion. It could be Nicorette, but we're done with this thing. I mean, uh, they might argue, uh, yeah, we're facing policy risk in the U.S., but Europe, uh, Israel, UK. India, China are still huge potential growth markets. It's always been an international story, Jim, because that's where smoking story. rates never came right. down. It's been an international story. Your piece about the U.K. embracing it, I, 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 that's, where the, that's where the action is. So I, I agree. Um, but I think that there's been a backlash that has gotten even to the president who uh, he could just tweet this thing back to 18, you know, 8 billion. Right. Meanwhile, is United Health being up 2% a, a proxy for Joe the fact that the top down component well. this morning? President Biden looked very statesmanlike last night, and he made the case for universal health care insurance for all, uh, not universal health care for all. And I think that's why UNH is going to have a bit of a run here, because Biden looked real good, as opposed to your friend, David, uh, Rod Hall. <laughs> who has decided, you know what, I'm going to ruin all the greatness of Apple. What did he get up in the morning and say, you know what, I am sick of that stock going up. I mean, this piece is fatuous. It's about accounting. It's not about that they don't have great TV content. That I could understand because the man to my left thinks that Tim Cook and company you know, wants to run reruns of Mannix. I'd love to watch that. Mannix was a good show. Mannix. Peggy, I always thought Peggy was got to have the Rockwell, you know, uh, Rockford Files, too. Rock, and the Rockford, Rockford Files. Files was very <laughs> I could watch James Bond all iron, day long. A lot of that. irony underneath that, kind yeah. of like Bugs Bunny. But this Apple thing is, God bless you, but this Apple thing is, I've got to tell you, this guy has it in. Apple TV and trial accounting likely to have a material negative impact on, on average sellers. Material. Well, I'm envious some material here. It's, it's this confusing. guy has been materially his is, wrong. His point is that ASPs on hardware will look soft because they're going to use this this free trial as accounting on services. So it'll be made up later, I guess, on yeah. better service revenue. Fatuous logic. We've had to see this everywhere. they, they got to spend for this. But isn't no, there, this was... Isn't there just too much focus on this streaming thing to begin with? No. Shouldn't it be a lot more about the phone, are they, where the pricing was on the phone? No, because the that's the hardware side. The, the watch, yes. The watch, 199 that's the price point. 
But I just thought this was the kind of piece that's going to make people trade Apple instead of own Apple, which has been my mantra since it was at five. And my daughter demanded a second iPod because the first one was blue and she wanted a pink one. I realized they were fashion accessories. Apple's one of the uh, worst performing Dow stocks. Cat's hanging in there, Jim, even though August three month sales, uh, North America lowest in two years, up six. Yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, we got a good downgrade yesterday from Wells Fargo. The guy, the guy actually knows his stuff. But if we get any sort of trade deal, you still want to be in it. I again reiterate that I don't think we're close to anything meaningful until unless the Chinese do something. And when they said two tracks, the White House was very disturbed. The White House was very disturbed because they don't want two tracks. They, they don't want two tracks. They want intellectual property. Uh, they want the seven deadly sins that Navarro's talking about. Consider it the uh, fentanyl. Fentanyl? Yeah, fentanyl is number seven. Right. Yeah. And they want those addressed, no, not just a buy of soybeans. Cyber espionage. Right. It's all part and All the things that you introduced in your documentary. Well, but, yeah. You introduced Jewel, and I've hated it ever since your documentary. I mean, I hated Jewel. My and you, when you realized, when you told me you wouldn't use your phone in China because you were worried. It's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's just gotten worse. The cybersecurity oh, yeah, no. guys I put on, it's always China. China it's a, it's and a, West it's a, Africa. It's a, it's, a, it's a big problem. But when I did that, it was because it was just getting to the board level. This is seven, eight years ago. In terms of China Everyone uses burner phones Now everybody knows like about the wire. it. And it's a board level issue that is dealt with frequently. And U.S. companies are not silly enough now to do their board meetings in China. The way, for example, Lloyd Blankfein did with Goldman Sachs one year. Lloyd. Good I, to be back, Lloyd. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a reference Jim, to China. We got a couple upgrades today. Etsy at Webbush and... Southwest, Macquarie goes to outperform six-month high on love today. Jim. Yeah, look, I think that we, Gary Kelly was always going to get this thing right. He's just a great Southwest there. It's fantastic. I thought Etsy had come down way too much. I like to talk about the you know, free shipping. I thought that Etsy's a changed company to the positive, and I think it's finally found a level. Uh, now I'm waiting for Square to find a level. These are the ones that have been hit very hard, Square and Etsy. Southwest, it's amazing, isn't it? They're the one that's most connected to the Max. Well, uh, Macquarie's point is that once the Max comes back, which it will, they'll use this upgraded revenue management system, uh, be more seamless reintroduction to service. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Gary is handling it like everything else that Gary's ever done. He's handling it well. Uh, he keeps it private. He doesn't come out and blast Boeing in its face. He does private negotiations. I think everyone knows that he's just an outstanding executive. And it was only a matter of time. That's why, why would people even rumor that Warren Buffett wanted to buy Southwest? Because it's just the best run. Uh, the other thing people are watching today, Jim, is the Russell, which has struggled here right around 1575, three or four times uh, this year. And if it could get past this, that could mean big, big things for the yes, overall market. I agree, and I'm watching the transports. Look at this Union Pacific. When the stock was at 170 last time, they basically pre-announced a bad number. It's back. It's back, and that's the most levered to Chinese trade of any of the railroads. Look at Goldman Sachs. Have you seen that go up? I actually hadn't noticed. You hadn't noticed? No. I mean, Goldman's had a decent year. It's up 32% over Right? Yeah. A year. And then Octus down today because Todd McKinnon went on Squawk and not my show. Think about that. Think about that, Todd. The banks actually are having quite a good morning. 
What? Goldman's the least of them. I mean, yeah. you got JPM. But that uh, was not America, supposed to. That's, that's City, they're all up sharply. Is that back to the debates? That's, that's, look, I, I'm going to reiterate that last night was a really important night for the stock market. Because because Joe Biden held his own. It looked pretty bad when people were attacking him. They were attacking Obama. I've been waiting for that to happen. Suddenly, he's frontrunner. He feels frontrunner-ish. He's frontrunner-ish, David. He is. And that means that we we don't want to destroy the banks, right? We're not going to have show trials for wealthy people. Uh, Perhaps we're not going to have a, 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 a new group of taxes, on people who make, you know, have assets 50 million. I am talking about a, the threat that we, there are two existential threats to the market. There's the idea that it's smooth holy tariff and we're going to go into depression. And there's an idea that uh, Senator Warren is going to, is the person that the bank executives want stop. The bankers. Uh, and she didn't do as well as Biden, I believe. And so you'll see the managed care go up. You'll see the banks go up. We forget how important those groups are to what the Democrats attack. I thought that was a really significant debate. And I I really stand by the idea that Biden looked very presidential. And that's why <laughs> UNH is going to keep going higher. And that's why you have that's to own uh, Goldman Sachs. That's interesting insight. Uh, Jim, the other story today, uh, Bamel out with uh, their flows Second biggest government bond uh, redemptions ever in the past week, as we've seen this bond rally completely melt down uh, as the 10 years gone back to 183. We want that. We want the we want the Fed to cut rates at the same time as a 10 year goes up. We want a 50 year bond that that Secretary Mnuchin was talking about. And then all these inverted yield curve got to sell people are going to be wearing no clothes. They will be emperors without clothes. They will be ambassadors without portfolio. I'm talking about real portfolios. What are you looking at? I'm looking at uh, PG&E. Well, I'm talking. Yeah, I was talking about the. Yeah, well, I'm. You know, sometimes I need to focus on other things other than what you're saying. When I'm so, talking. Yes, even when you are talking. But you weren't doing fantasy happen. football. You I always try mind. to listen to you. My hearing's starting to go in this ear, though, a little bit. All right, look, I'm um, I'm I'm willing to tolerate that. You, I, you guys, you know, they're getting closer. Uh, to settlements with a number of the claimants at PG&E. Remember, this is a bankrupt company, but the equity still trades because there is Can you explain a that to that people? there's going to be recovery value in the equity. Okay, so when have we seen that? Give up people are. like, yeah, where's uh, been? Uh, one of the airlines. Uh, which one was it? American Airlines, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, big, traded there was through the big, whole time. There was a big equity recovery value okay. there as well. Because I don't want su- people to get suckered in if you think that's uh, And there will be, be here, uh, although, and so the progress that they're making with, the, with various claimants is important. And so you do have some, some, um, some headlines about uh, plans to incorporate terms of settlement, subrogation claims, uh, and the like with two of the three major groups of, of wildfire claimants for PG. That's why that stock is up 6%. All right. Oh, God, oil's all up because people know that, you know, Senator Warren's anti-oil. Boy, <laughs> it's just incredible. This is an anti warner revolt. It's a little it's a jailbreak. early to be making decisions. Yeah, jailbreak. Yeah, it's a little silly season, maybe. Uh, near, more than all of the... Uh, Dow's gain is UNH and Boeing. Let's get to Bob Pisani this morning. Hey, Bob. Uh, yes, uh, two to one advancing declining stocks. Still a nice uh, start to the morning. Uh, I want to remind everybody where we are. We're record high watch here. Put up the S&P here. Uh, but you see uh, sectors. We're back to cyclicals that are moving nicely here. So the banks, the retailers, the transports and energy. This is what's moved us forward. Really the last six trading sessions. Uh, it's that deep cyclical group. And there you see the S&P. Remember, 
3027, that's the old intraday high. 3025 is the old closing high. We're 11 points away from that. We'll have more if we get anywhere near that and explain how we got there uh, since the end of July. What you want to look at here right now, though, is the cyclicals this week, because that's what's moved everything. So you've got banks up 8%, retailers up 8%, the transports up 5%, energy's up 3.5%. You get the point here. This has clearly been a cyclical rally. One thing that's very interesting, and we're starting to unwind that crowded trade that we've always been talking about. That was long defensive names like consumer staples and going short sectors like the cyclical groups. One thing that hasn't been unwound yet is that big going long bond trade that's out there. There were inflows into bond funds again this week. I keep waiting for this to collapse. It just doesn't. I don't follow these weekly numbers that much. But look, equity had inflows, but taxable bond funds, 7.3 billion. All right, that's a, a fraction of 1%. But it's still inflows that are going on. It's rather remarkable considering, as Carl noted, it's been a terrible month for bonds. Take a look at the, the bonds in general. We've seen declines here, 20 plus treasuries. This is in prices I'm talking about, down 5% to 10 to 20. Treasuries are down three and a half. Corporates are down two percent. High yields hold it in there, and there have been some inflows into high yield recently. But generally, uh, you'd think the bond bubble is starting to burst, maybe, and people will be giving up the ghost. I, I don't see mass outflows yet. I keep waiting for it to happen. We'll keep an eye on that. Meantime, the IPO business, uh, Cloudflare is very important. It's for, it's right here on the other side here. Big website security company, thirty-five million at fifteen. I like pointing out where the original prices were: ten to twelve. Then it went to twelve to fourteen, and it's pricing at fifteen. This is important because this is a software company. A lot of scrutiny on the software companies. Remember what happened uh, when uh, Slack disappointed last week? They had the earnings out, a little disappointment. Slack was down. A lot of these software companies were weak. If you take a look this week, CrowdStrike, Slack, Zoom Video all down this week. So a lot of people are watching this as sort of indications of software and how it's going to go. Uh, early indications are it's going to go fine. I think the concerns about valuations out there, I think WeWork and Smile Direct were very, very specific stock stories. Obviously, there was a misprice on the Smile Direct, but two very specific companies here. I think the concept of what's going on with Cloudflare is more important to watch because that's software in general, and that's a space that's getting... A lot of scrutiny right now, up 65 points in the Dow. Carl, back to you. All right. Thanks, Bob. Let's get to Bertha Coombs this morning at the Nasdaq, where there's going to be a lot of action today. Hey, Bertha. Yeah, a lot of action. You're seeing uh, large caps uh, a little bit under pressure here. Small caps are on pace for their best week, the, the Russell 2000, in about three years. That's been the real gain. But in terms of getting us back towards new highs, Two sectors are really very close. We've got the uh, chip sector. It's about 1% away, literally about a point away from its uh, closing high earlier this year. A little bit of pressure this morning after Broadcom's results. They were pretty much in line, but uh, the company pretty much saying with the situation in China, they just don't see a rebound. Still too uncertain looking ahead as they start thinking about 2020. They were downgraded this morning at Loop Capital. Communications is the other sector that has been a standout. Also, just a fraction away in terms of a point from its uh, all-time closing high uh, continues to be mixed today. Among the best performers here that have gotten us back to those highs uh, include Activision Blizzard, uh, Take-Two, The Gamers, and our parent company Comcast up 11% uh, as far as a quarter. This morning, Smile Direct Club bouncing just a little bit, but still below what had been their anticipated range here at 17 bucks. And it's for these big... Uh, 
brand marquee named unicorns. It's been such a mixed results here on the NASDAQ. Uh, the ones that have been the losers among Smile Direct include Lyft and Real, both still below their IPO prices. But Beyond Meat, although it's come down, guys, it's still up 525%. Back to you. All right, Bertha, thanks very much. When we come back, uh, we are on IPO Watch, awaiting Cloudflare's first trade. We're going to bring that to you and talk with the company's co-founders later on this morning. Dow settling up 58 points at the open here. We're back in a moment. Dow gainers this week reflect a lot of optimism on the economy and trade. Look at Dow, Cat. Goldman uh, and J.P. Morgan Chase there. Those are week-to-date gains. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Great misperception about what's driving Apple down. It's not that Apple has bad content. Rod Hall's thesis, and by the way, he's thinking using a 165 price target, uh, 26% downside, is how it's accounted for. And it is, it, it, it's one way to account it. I can account for it another way when I do subscription accounting. So just be aware, it's not they have no content. It's what the way of accounting will do to the earnings. And those are two very different things. So the people on Twitter keep saying, I told you this, they have no account. You haven't read the piece. You should read the piece. And accounting is very difficult for when you have people paying $5 a month, sometimes you give it free. It's going to be a real debate about how to, how yeah. to do the accounting for That's it. coming from the firm that has a card with Apple. So yes, it's yes, it does. That's a very important read. Uh, Jim, what's on tonight? Are we doing our game plan? Look, I do, I'm a little nervous just because the market stuff is so overbought. And there, I do not think there'll be a trade deal that's imminent. And, those, and I think the biggest thing that's the problem is Bonehead. I mean, is, is, is Jay, Jay Powell. <laughs> and what do you do? with What do you do? How do you cut with him when you get those numbers today? And are you just acceding to the wishes of a president who's addressed you as Bonehead and can't figure out how he became the Fed chief, even though, of course... Pointed him. Yeah. Jim, good weekend. Fly, Eagles, fly? Uh, Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night. And by the way, um, fantasy players, I had Godwin. He went off last night. It, that's a term for fantasy. Carolina, right? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Tampa, and uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah. He knows the city. <laughs> yes. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.